Best part about that job is I met your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then they fired me. <laughs> but I had already met your mom. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. Yes. And uh, she didn't want anything to do with me. Welcome back to Meet the Ministers. I'm here, like always, with Alec Robinson. Hey, how you doing? Doing good yourself? I'm doing better. I uh, am recovering from my illness from the last one, so hopefully I'll be a little bit more uh, uh, <laughs> present in this yeah. one. <laughs> and if you've listened to the, the previous episodes, Alec sounded horrible, so we're happy that he's feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> Just, I mean, saying what everyone's thinking. <laughs> we are... So very blessed today to have my father, Don MacDonald, on the show. He was baptized in 1989, January 1st, right out the gate. Don has been at the Northwest Church of Christ for 18 years, and he's been a deacon at that church for 10 years. But I can attest to the fact that he's been a leader in our family and every church we've ever been to my entire life. Thanks for being with us today, Dad. It's good to be here. Yeah. It's crazy. You guys have... Quite set up going on, and uh, you're doing a fine work. Very proud. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. So, let's jump right in. Jump right in. Yeah, what's your story? Oh, well, you were talking earlier. We wanted to go back to some of my childhood, but uh, just a family setup. The dynamic in my family was uh, we weren't Christian uh, raised in the church at all, so... We, uh, my dad had uh, met his sweetheart in high school, mm-hmm. and they had a child right out of the gate, right out of high school. Okay. And that's Uncle Mike. Yeah. And they had uh, a couple of the kids back-to-back after that, Aunt Debbie, Aunt Karen, within, I mean, Uncle Mike and Aunt Debbie was twins the hard way. They had children back-to-back. And <laughs> Karen, a couple years later, mm-hmm. Uncle Kenny. And then uh, a little bit of a gap, four years. Myself, the youngest of five children. And uh, it's one of those family dynamics that you look back in. Uh, Uh, it's hard to say, but you look back in photo albums and you see pictures, and it's uh, it's something that we didn't really get to see. You know, the photos. Dad just died. Um, at the end of January, so I mean, I'm. 60 years old and you get to see photos of childhood that I hadn't seen mm-hmm. but uh, get to see a picture of my mom 
holding me. Yeah. And, uh, and the reason that's so painful is because uh, she died after having me. But she had she had cancer while she was pregnant with me. And I know for a fact, um, she knew. And I think they offer different options at that time, but she wanted to protect her child. She wanted me to, to come into the world and then deal with the cancer after having me. Mm-hmm. So I was born a couple months early. I was born in the house that we lived in during a blizzard. It wasn't on choice, right? No. Yeah, you didn't want, like, they didn't want to have you in the house. It's no. By nece- it was necessary. I was born a couple months early. Yeah. And <laughs> my aunt, uh, I believe it was Velma. So there were twins, Vera and Velma. And she helped deliver me with the mayor of Westminster's wife over the phone. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> And so, good thing you had a secure phone connection, right? <laughs> well, my dad worked for the phone company. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, they wrote a little article in the Westminster Sentinel. I still have that. But they delivered me with help over the phone. And what's about the article is at the last line of the article was where was the father during all this? With his job with Mountain States Telephone and Telegraph, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, during a blizzard, born a couple months early. So back then they just put, uh, they finally got an ambulance there, but they needed to transfer me from a hospital to children's hospital. And back then they couldn't get an ambulance to come up there and get me. And they put the incubator in my dad's car, and he drove me down there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In the incubator. A little bit different, huh? Yeah. That would not fly in today's world. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I reflect upon the fact that I'm alive. My mom isn't. It's, I never got to meet her. Yeah. So. Well, and you were talking about the pictures earlier, and I know from, obviously, you being my father, that you found a certificate of significant importance. Yeah, I mean, you go and you look at the photo album stopped in March. And so I was born in January, and I didn't, excuse me, I didn't get out of the hospital for a couple months. Probably, I think they said I was in the hospital for like three months. Mm -hmm. And they uh, they stopped, and it showed the family getting ready to go to church. Uh, Raised in the, I think my mom was raised in the Lutheran church, and my dad was was raised his grandmother he was raised by his grandparents and they were uh, they were catholic okay but my mom had uh, made the decision to be baptized as an adult again a certificate of baptism from the lutheran church right in that time frame wow. so she knew what she was up against yeah it was very difficult they they didn't have uh, a lot of the technologies they had now and Ended up being the, the one of the technologies to fight cancer after she had had me and going through that that actually was more detrimental than it was helpful. Mm. 
So she didn't make it, but she loved us. You know, she protected you, her child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She did. So I had a couple pictures of her with me, which was really good. But my dad wouldn't let us see. We didn't get to go through those pictures, which is kind of sad. Because I'd love to sat down with him and looked through stuff like that. Yeah. There's probably a lot of pain for him in that. Yeah. He would talk about my mom once in a while, usually after I was in bad trouble. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was trying to smooth over the situation with the story of my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But uh, that was my... Humble beginnings. Yeah, and that's actually how you got your name, correct? Yeah, my name, uh, my name is Donald. Yeah, Donald Mac- MacDonald. Donald Kevin MacDonald. And I was, uh, my aunt Vera was uh, given the privilege of naming me. My mom wanted to name me Kevin, and she named me after her husband Donald. They Vera did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Delivered me. Did she not like you? <laughs> Donald MacDonald? <laughs> you you are truly a MacDonald. Yeah, I know. Because you are it's son of Donald, right? MacDonald. That is right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just remember how much you got teased for that growing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It had no, to do but with it, hamburgers and french fries. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but it was all out of... Her naming you was out of love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then it carries his significance for my name being Kevin. Yes. And I've passed that along to my firstborn, Jackson. His middle name is Kevin after you. Right. Yeah. So it'll, it'll always be in the, in the family. Maybe we'll get another Donald. We could talk Jackson into that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So growing up, not in the church. That's right. We lived in the. We lived in a house. Uh, oh, four houses down from the house that we ended up living in. The rest, of, you know, my dad, he just uh, moved up the street five houses at one time. So we weren't very uh, <laughs> moving people. <laughs> we didn't travel around a lot, <laughs> so we moved up the street one time, and I think I was about. Or so. My dad remarried. Uh, Connie was my stepmother and the only one I knew as a mom. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, my brothers and sisters knew my mom. So they didn't really want Connie to be taking the place of our mom. But... Mm. The, the dynamic of that was interesting, but the, the reason I mentioned photo albums is because before you see all this life, Easter dinners and birthdays and all these different things, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Yeah, and it made your upbringing difficult. Yeah, I mean, we were a suburban family, walked to school. Yeah. All went to the same schools. Right. Uphill both ways, right? Yeah. Uphill. 
hill snow. Well, and being, but I had to go to the school, so my brothers and sisters all went to prior to me. I was four years behind them, and they were like, we thought we were done with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you better not be acting like your brother. Yeah. Which, which one? <laughs> Both. Both, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, it was interesting. But, you know, that's what makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. So I got out of high school. And I left home pretty quick, uh, so quick to where um, I was living with a couple guys in an apartment complex, and we we got evicted <laughs> a month or so before Christmas. <laughs> I think it might have even been in December, but I went back to my dad. Can I move back in? He's like, I didn't even know you left. <laughs> So that type of a situation. But yeah, my dad was a disciplinarian, very tough. And I mean, I watched my brother battle with him over long hair. I mean, back then, long hair was a big deal, right? Yeah. The 60s. But, and he was the oldest, and he got married right away out of high school, had kids. Misty and Mason. Mm-hmm. I was still young. I was like 12. But my sister married Uncle Donnie when she was very young. She was 16. Actually, might have been 15, just turning 16. So we were a little dysfunctional in the family unit. And yeah. it all stemmed from mom, yeah. even, I think. But, I mean makes us who we are and I I'm thankful and like we we were talking before we hit record I mean you may not have known it but God was there with you the whole time oh yeah yeah you may not have known he was there felt him but he was you look back through your life and you can see all these pivotal moments that if it went the other way we wouldn't be having this podcast now right Right, because we were, as children, we were, you know, my my dad kind of succumbed to my mom uh, initially and said, you guys are going to go to the Lutheran church down the street, but he didn't go. I mean, he'd go on a holiday, but we were sent to go to school, to church, yeah. Sunday school stuff, and uh, I wasn't a very good person. I was a thief. Liar. Yeah, I'm very thankful. Because I got uh, plucked out of the fire. Mm -hmm. Eventually. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know any different. I wasn't raised with that foundation. I'm sorry, I'm a weeper. No, that's all right. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to keep it together. You don't need all of us to go off. I mean Alec, he's very crying over here in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I just uh I always knew when I was being taught in school that there was a God. I didn't buy what I was being told where I originated, you know, through Crawled out of the primordial slime, you know. I didn't. 
Yeah, goo people. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. I looked around me. I got to go up into the hills and fish with a neighbor. There's a, a boy that was born around the same time I was, and our parents put us together uh, as we, you know, we're young. And uh, his dad would take me up to the mountains with them. So fish, that's where I love to fish. And we still go fish some of those same spots. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's always fun. Old man Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Sourdough starter under the the kitchen sink, right? Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. You never recreate that. Nope. It's always different in your mind. Yeah. I just looked about me and saw creation, and it, it spoke to me of God. And it uh, reminds me of uh, Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 19, where Paul writes, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Talking about, uh, you know, God's wrath going upon people that have been presented with the the invisible attributes of God, and you're you're saying you know even if you didn't grow up in a with a foundation, with a godly foundation, it was God's invisible attributes were clear uh, to you. You could perceive them, and uh, we're thankful that you eventually made that decision to uh, grasp a hold of uh, you know Jesus Christ and and give your life to Him. But even at a young age, you were you could perceive it and understand that there's something more. There's something out there that's exactly. more. Yeah. And it's, I'm there. I'm without excuse. There's, there's, I've got to um, make a change. I've got to do something about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that takes into the part of my story. I've got out of school, left. I mean, it's, that speaks to the family dynamic that I wanted to get out of the house right away. But, I went to work for the phone company. My dad worked for the phone company for 30-some years, and I yeah. did the same thing. Yep. Went. I mean, I got a job as a director assistance operator. The best part about that job is I met your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then they fired me. <laughs> <laughs> but I had already met your mom. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yep. Yes. And uh, she didn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> initially <laughs> initially yeah. but uh, I met her again after uh, I was working a different job I met her again so I asked her out she actually went out with me <laughs> didn't you weren't you having to be a little persistent for that first date oh yeah I mean <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just like at once right you had to ask multiple times yeah yeah it really did she would, <laughs> she would say we'll see maybe never <laughs> would give me a definite answer <laughs> you'd never say yes yeah. so I asked her to go to a, a yes concert and she said yes <laughs> <laughs> was it to the date or the concert <laughs> Maybe she just wanted to go to the concert, but she <laughs> yeah. went with me. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the beginning of the end for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the end and the beginning. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you date for a while, right? You get right. married. Right. And then you meet her crazy family. 
and I can say that because I'm part of it. Right? <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. So, and then they, they lived, they had the cabin in Westcliff. That's where I remember all the stories coming from. So, and you met her brother. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And uh, but go to another story of her taking me up to Westcliff. I'd never seen the Sangreta Crystal Mountains like that. Mm-hmm. I'd never been in that part of the country. And so when she took me up there, it was pretty impressive. Very beautiful. And uh, they spent a lot of time riding their snowmobiles in the winter and motorcycles. And it just happened to be summertime. So we're going to go on a little motorcycle ride. Mom's <laughs> going to show me her mad skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they worried about me. I I rode a Harley on the street. I didn't ride dirt bikes. So they set me up with Wanda's motorcycle because... It would be, uh, the other one would be a little bit too difficult for me. And it was, it was fun, but I'm riding, we're riding down a trail, and we're going at a pretty good clip. And then I see Mom lose control of her bike. She hit a rock and just flipped in over. <laughs> and I see, oh, no. I see dust and dirt, motorcycle, red hair. <laughs> A shoe. <laughs> Watch her sister go right over the top of her. Oh, no. She didn't run over her, thankfully, but it looked like she did. And then I come pulling up <laughs> behind, and she's hurt herself pretty good. She ended up breaking her ankle. And, but, uh, yeah, that was a good story. Good memory. I look back at that. But her family uh, was in, into that. Riding the motorcycles, but I I was the only one that didn't crash that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they take care of you, get you on the yeah. nice easy bike. You know. We'll put no. you on mom's bike. <laughs> but those things uh, kind of bond you to to people. It was it was she really crashed pretty good, very difficult. But yeah, that's a good story. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, you remember that story. I remember. I oh, yeah. I remember it a little differently. Oh, you do. Yeah, and I don't know if it was from her or maybe Aunt BJ, but the fact that she was showing off. Yeah. And, and so you were going along, and she was behind you. She passed you, like, almost in a wheelie and then flew clear ahead and then lost control or something like that. Mm. Does that sound? I think I was always taken up the rear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they were all very skilled on motorcycles. Yes. Yeah, they were all very good. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Don't be mad at me, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, we, uh, the love of a good woman is a very difficult thing to find. And uh, I had found it. So, um, I know you guys, Nowadays, people have all their pictures taken, their engagements, and all the different things, and quite the the lead up to asking someone to marry him. But my lead up in asking your mom to marry me was, if I asked you to marry me, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> What'd she say? You have to ask. <laughs> Another definitive answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you want to go to another concert, I hear yes is back in town. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
so she we got married and uh yeah that was uh that was god's hand because i uh i got to see a christian family so we'd go up to west cliff and spend time at the cabin dick and wanda had retired and were were up there so we'd go up and uh spend time up there and they would they would go to worship and very small church just a couple families i think got together at the time mm-hmm. up there and i would say eh we could do that i'm going up into the hills and that was my act of worship i would tell myself but i would just i didn't want to go mm-hmm. didn't want to be part of that and I I think back on uh, them going. I kind of lost my train of thought here, but let's see. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. When, when mom and I had gotten married, she told me, I was raised in the church, and I'm going to go back. Because she was erring, or she would have never met me. So... I was like, yeah, whatever. Mm. I see the way you're living now, mm. but I didn't see any type of a, a direction toward the church. I didn't even know really what it was. So my my view of, of uh, religion was televangelism. Mm-hmm. So what we saw is people trying to hype people up for for their money. I mean, that's kind of the view I had of organized religion, which was very skewed. Yeah. So when I met mom, I got to see, you know, a difference in a, in a family. But it, it didn't really come to a head for me until uh, her brother, or Uncle Rick, uh drowned in California and he was 23 years old and you were a baby I mean we have pictures of you with Uncle Rick holding you and he was he was the type of individual and uh, he's very invincible very strong ran his own businesses and at the time he was uh, uh, welding on strip mining equipment in Death Valley so running an arc welder in in Death Valley. In Death Valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> he was tough. Yeah. But he, he died. And uh I got to see the Wheeler family and the strength. Yeah, that they exhibited. Ah. Oh, it's powerful. Because you guys were, from the stories, you were good friends. Yeah. We really were. And he, uh, he wasn't there. But I got to see how a family dealt with that, who had something for strength besides himself. Right. And the way they did that. 
it testified to me. Now, I mentioned earlier that I knew there was God, but I was lost. Yeah, it's, it's a, a wonderful thing, difficult. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, I realized I was lost. I I needed strength that I didn't have, but I learned where to get it, and in talking with Dick and Wanda. A beautiful wife. They shared Jesus with me. And I remember I wasn't baptized yet, but they were going to church and I didn't go up into the hills. I went with them. And yeah, like I said, it's just a small couple families that worship together, and I was nervous about going to church. Yeah, yeah. you know, with them, didn't know really what to expect. But I'm sitting there, and then uh, Gary had asked me, "You you can lead the prayer after this, or what?" <laughs> Nobody was talking about <laughs> after what? We talk. So what is prayer? Yeah, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> But no, they, they, uh, I guess it came time for me to say a prayer, but I just sat there looking around and Dick said the prayer for me. <laughs> but it was it was interesting. That was my first time going to church, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I learned that I didn't have to be lost, and I didn't. Um, I wanted to be baptized. And it did coincide with that time of the year. I was baptized on the 1st of January, kind of like a new year, new way of life. A new you, yeah. A new me, because my life, um, I was, uh, I was into things that I shouldn't have been doing as a child and up into my adulthood. Uh, I was about as far from uh, leading a life that glorified God as you could get. I mean, Satan had a had a stranglehold on me. Yeah, there was there was love in my heart, and uh, Mom always say, "I knew you're loving uh, individual." So. Yeah, you were God just love. Yeah, you were just held uh, captive. You needed to be rescued. Oh yeah. And in the tragic event, and the family there, and you witnessed God. You witnessed Jesus on the faces of your uh, your family, uh, and it really had. And I could tell it really had that profound uh, effect on you. And 
wanted you to uh, seek that truth. You wanted a part of that. And it's, uh, um, you can see that line of that God, the strings he's pulling throughout your life, uh, all the way up to this point. And it's, um, when you look back on it, you can, you can see it and it's impressive the way that God works uh, in all of us. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I was, uh, baptized then January 1st, but what happens when people get baptized that weren't raised in the church, trying to keep a foot in the world, trying to change behaviors that I had, mindset, and going to worship. I didn't make it a priority. I, I didn't really want... I didn't want to do that. And Satan was grabbing a hold of me. I wasn't to where I had quit doing some things in my life and continued to not do that. But I was, wasn't was tapping into uh, being a part of the assembly. I just really wasn't. Part of that, I, I didn't feel that I needed to do that. And I don't know. Um, I, I try to analyze myself, but I just, mom's like, I'm not stopping. Yeah. I go to worship. She goes, and I don't. And I had you. You're just little, and she would take you. And then, uh, I didn't continue to cuss and I mean my life had changed. Other other people in my life saw me differently. Even though I knew I I needed to completely change. Yeah. I did. But uh it took another it took a friend of mine coming to me and saying, I wanna study. I'm lost. And uh, through the course of that, really helped me turn my life around. Yeah. You had to take not only, you know, him, and you had to take ownership of your salvation through teaching him what exactly. you were doing. And then here, you know, how are you going to do that? Hypocrite. Yeah. So. But there, there was. crazy as we studied with other people. Um, elder at uh, Arvada Church. Uh, we studied with him, and he's like, I want to be baptized. And we went to church. I went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he went up to be baptized, and I went, uh, I went forward. And asked for prayers. And it just changed me. Sharing the gospel with somebody, it changed my life. It's an ownership thing. But, uh, yeah, my friend was in trouble. 
but I was in trouble. So. And God's patient, very long-suffering. And I had a couple more babies coming in my life. Yeah. A couple more McDonald's. Yep, the, Sons of Donald. Yeah, the the Henri ones were about to be born. Not the not the good one. He was already born. <laughs> they had the potential of being good. <laughs> like we all do. Yeah. But the Henri one was already born. <laughs> and the Lord is patient. We've already established that. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> but uh we had Tyler. We had a little bit of a break. Between you and Tyler, but um, we were we couldn't we wanted to have a baby a couple years after you, but it didn't work out that way. And mom had her tonsils taken out. She had a problem with her tonsils, and after she had her tonsils taken out, she was able to conceive Tyler and then Cameron right away. Remember, we had Tyler. And and then I remember several months after Tyler was born, I come home and there's a, we're sitting down to eat dinner and there's a, a vase on the table with a, a pink and a blue carnation in it. Oh, you got some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> and she's like, don't you know what that means? No, I don't. <laughs> you got some, some flowers. <laughs> I got some weird color. I'm a baby. So we ended up having Cameron. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, was on a different course in my life and thankful to God for precious, precious gifts. And to acknowledge that. It was uh, it was wonderful. We we moved to a different home, and uh, I just remember one one Sunday worshiping. I forget how old you guys were, but well, another story before that. I went to a seminar at Bear Valley, and they were given the numbers of. What happens when people who are part of the church marry outside the church? And the numbers were very bad for the the church member marrying outside the church being led astray. And uh, I remember coming home from that, and I went. Mom didn't go. Something was going on. And I went, I came home, and I, I gave her the business. I said, you were foolish. <laughs> First of all, being involved with me, marrying me, because that's, that's not good. And it wasn't good. For me, it ended up, she was the light. But I uh, I just remember giving her a hard time about that after learning that uh, that doesn't normally go that way. <laughs> it's yeah. usually the opposite way. But she's tough. Yeah. Yeah. She's a prayer warrior. Yeah. 
I always tell you guys, it's a fervent prayers of your mother (laughs) (laughs) that have gotten you where you are and through (laughs) what you've been through. And that is true. Very true. And that's where I am, why I'm here talking to you guys today because of that. But uh, I just remember one time thinking, I have these three children and a direction in life that I want my children to lead. And they're passing the collection plate. And I tell mom, I want to put my kids in that. To give my kids to God so that they could be in the eternal glory and not go through, I guess, I don't, I don't say it's rolling the dice, but <laughs> the world's, Satan has dominion in this world, and we, we know the victory is won, but it's a battle. But for some reason, that day, as we were passing collection plates, I'm like, I would love to give my children to God and know that they are there. It's, it's profound. Mm-hmm. It really affected me. But... uh I just thank God that my children are obedient. Well, it's it's because you did. Yeah. You we were you involved us in every aspect of of the body of Christ. We were there for every work day. We were there every time in the assembly. And then even in our home, you were sitting by the front door with your Bible open reading to us. Like you gave us that opportunity because of your conviction of wanting to. Right. You changed, you changed myself, Tyler and Cameron. You, you did that. You changed the stars for us. And you, you could have easily repeated cycles of previous, your previous life, but you, you didn't. Yeah. I learned, uh, I learned uh, a lot from my dad. I love my dad. Yeah. But I did learn uh, how I didn't want to raise my children, unfortunately. Some aspects of that I just did not want to continue, and I didn't. And uh, there's God's hand in my life to lead me as a father. Mm -hmm. That responsibility as a father is is very it's huge it's huge i just remember mom pregnant with you and oh so excited i wanted to see you i took care of everything for her (laughs) (laughs) packed her these lunches she was going to work we worked in the same building but in different places but um i just took care of her and and when I got to see you, it's crazy. 
doctor hands me you. <laughs> Whoa, that's that's a gift. But I, was, I just remember being so excited to see you. And uh, life changing event. Yeah. And I just remember saying, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy. Because <laughs> we didn't know. Yeah, you waited. Yeah, we didn't know what we were going to have. And then we got pregnant with Tyler, but we didn't. I didn't know. We didn't know either the what if we were having a boy or a girl, but I remember Tyler being born. And, uh. It's a boy. <laughs> it's a boy. And then Cameron's born. It's a boy. <laughs> I think mom had bought the tea set when she was expecting Cameron. <laughs> she still got to use it with him, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they went to uh, uh, Granny C's, and we got good pictures of you guys <laughs> with your pinky out and little teacups. Cultured. Uh-huh. Very cultured. But through your life and the way you behaved, you affected other people in our family. And uh, that's that's a good thing, super good, because you guys were very respectful and you you just uh, reflected. Christ as a younger child and my family saw that. Well, you were, like we already said, you were very intentional with that. It wasn't an accident. You were very intentional to teach us, to show us. Yeah. Your mom, um, you were homeschooled, (laughs) home-educated. (laughs) Home-educated. And uh, that's that's huge. It made a difference. And, you know, that conscious decision, you know, affected Kevin's life and Tyler and Cameron's life and then now is affecting their children and and it now affects, you know, my life uh, because you're now part of my family as well. Uh, and that, that conscientious choice, that decision uh, when the plates are being passed to, I want my children to be... I want them to be a part of this. I want them to have this. That choice in your life has rippling effects for generations uh, to come. And it's, it's, it's amazing the type of pe- or the amount of people that we can influence just on these types of decisions that we make. And sometimes the ripple effect, we don't even, we don't even know who we're reaching out and, and influencing just on a decision that you think is just in my family. I want my children that decision has massive uh, ripple effects uh, for generations of people. Uh, and it's, again, it's, it's God's hand in all of this and his, uh, his effect on, on people. Uh, and it's, it's impressive what uh, he can do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you went from, you know, wanting to change from some of the things your dad did, right? And oh, we love grandpa. Oh yeah. We, we need to, need to change a few things. And then to me, it's opposite. How do I raise my children like my father raised me? It's completely 180. 
Yeah. And that was, I mean, the things in your life caused that, like the conviction of wanting to put us in the plate. And and that's also what we're getting to now is what caused you to step up into leadership in the church. It's, uh, I was asked to serve and I, you know, I wanted to, I mean, I already did. Look at how many times you and I and Tyler and Cameron would go and we'd cut tree limbs and <laughs> do work in people's yards and at the building. We, we served as best we could. Yeah. I always knew it was a day to go do those things when you were making breakfast burritos and the, <laughs> the truck was running out. You knew the, you were going to have to work. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Someone needs help. <laughs> yeah. And that work ethic and feeding you stemmed from my dad. <laughs> I knew when we were going to be doing a bunch of yard work, he'd make a big breakfast. <laughs> when you smelled breakfast cooking, you knew, oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> it's going to be a long day. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, we've... I was asked to serve, uh, and uh, I did. I, I I wanted to. I wanted to do whatever was needed, and if the elders wanted to give me a direction to to, to do uh, a, a work that needed to be done, I was I was more than willing to do that. Yeah. And, and just so we, what what brought that what do you think brought you to that point of wanting to just be willing to serve what in any capacity i just think it's part of the maturing process to know that uh, god wants workers and to be called out to be asked to say hey you, do you, we want you to serve as a deacon because we we feel that you're qualified to do that and want you to do that do you want to do that well initially I prayed about it mom and I talked about it and I wanted to do it it's not all easy some aspects but it, it was good I mean I, I want I want to progress in my life and glorify God through my life I look at what he's done for me. I don't forget where I come from and realize how good God has meant to me. And, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Every time I'm asked to lead the Lord's Supper or something, I... I get emotional. It's not all sad, <laughs> though. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, just, a, it's a joyous emotion yeah. to realize that I get to be with Jesus and God. That uh, I, I look at people who are in your family is the toughest, but you know, I look at people who've gone on, who've passed, and... I just, there's a point in where where thing where it can be eternally too late to reach someone with with the message of Jesus and have them accept him 
and confess that Jesus is Lord and repent and put him on in baptism. And it's it really affects me. You look at yourself and you think of your shortcomings. What could I have done? What could I have said? I remember having a conversation with my dad and he'd say, you're forcing your religion on your children. I'd say, oh, if I could. Yeah, I would. <laughs> if only I could. <laughs> yeah. I would. Yep. But, Dad, they have to take ownership of it for themselves. If I could force them, oh, I would do it in a heartbeat. But I pray that they do get to know Jesus and uh, give their life to Christ and, and live with a godly purpose, with that eternal purpose in mind. And... uh give value uh, Christ grew in, in stature in favor with man and, and God he's as God but grew in favor with men I mean we're here to serve we're in humanity we're all afflicted with that human condition so we need to serve where we're put yep. Yep. on this earth and I, I imagine uh, God has the same type of feelings uh, that, that you have, that we have. <clears throat> if, if only I would force them to do it. And you, you think of Adam and Eve in the garden and giving them that choice and then God saying, I know they're going to make the mistake. I know they're going to choose poorly. And that mindset of, well, I could just force them to do it. And they would do it. But that free will, that choice uh, is quintessential to humanity, to who we are as humans. God wants that choice. He wants us to choose to worship him. And what we can do as fathers, as uh, people here, <clears throat> is to just present that choice to people and show them that the choice is worth making. It is worth it. And look at my past, look at all the mistakes that I've made, where I've been and how much I've changed since making that proper choice and hopefully um, present it in a way to where people want to make that choice. But again, it's ultimately their choice. And that's a tough thing to wrap our minds around. It's like, man, I, I wish I could just, you know, shake them and say, you know, you don't get a choice. It's This is the way it is, but it is their choice. Uh, and that is, a, that's a difficult part of being a, a Christian to have the, the knowledge of, the truth of God and have that gospel message and know that it's, uh, that it's right. Know that it's true and then have people reject it. Uh, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough one. Uh, and especially in the family, uh, like you were saying, but all we can do is hopefully, uh, influence them with our behavior and then present that choice and then pray that they make the right choice. <laughs> right. I mean, who wants to serve a dictator, right? You look at, you look in history and you look at, I mean, you even take it down to the managerial position in your job. If you had someone who told you exactly, you know, didn't give you any choice yourself, you really didn't like working with that person. And I think this is this oversimplified, but that's 
God's love is he gives us that choice. It's, it's out of love. It's not, it's not to be cruel. People take it as cruel. It's not cruel. I mean, you look at Noah and the flood and how many people died. I mean, the projections of the numbers are crazy, right? And then you think, well, how could a God that's loving do that? It's because he gave him a choice. I mean, Noah preached to the entire world for 100 years yeah. while he was building the, the ark. And he gave everyone a choice, and yet they choose to ridicule Noah and to reject God. And look what happened. And that's what's going to happen on the judgment day, too. I mean, it's going to be those types of numbers where there's a household of three immediate families that are saved compared to a world that's condemned. We know that from Scripture. The numbers are going to be very one-sided. So the question then comes... You know, you've you've lived your life. You've you've started from a lost position and and moved to a saved position, and even to a point where you've recognized I need to serve God. And our our goal with this podcast is to get people's testimonies, to get people's personal stories, and to uh, see where where God's grace has affected. Uh, those individuals that are in the service role, and we take Second <clears throat> uh, Timothy chapter two verse two, where Paul writes to Timothy and he says, "You need you have this gospel message. You need to find faithful men who are able to teach others also, and to pass this on to the next generation, including your your family and but those around us. What advice would uh, you?" give to us uh, in in our endeavor here to what what advice would you give to help us to pass this on to the next generation to keep, keep this fire going and not let it burn out well don't underestimate our adversary I mean the deceiver is the deceiver for a reason very powerful um I would first of all tell you, do not underestimate the power of Satan. Um, that's his mission is to detract you from what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like s- draw close to God. I mean, that's that's what we're told to do, and Satan will flee from us. But it's easier said than done. We live in a fallen world, and we're distracted. But, I mean, you guys are well on your way to uh, raising your children and being the, the head of your family and reaching people through love. You have a genuine love for people and for the lost. Mm-hmm. You... Uh, exhibit that and that's a that's a that's the key i mean god is love and you guys have that in your heart and you share that I mean, i'm proud of you and keep doing that um and how do we how do we avoid burnout uh you know because you know we the flame that <laughs> burns the hottest burns the quickest you know and 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 how do we avoid that? How do we make it a lifelong endeavor? You're serving the God of the universe. Um, 
um, always have that eternal purpose in your mind to look about you and see God in everything. Uh, I see God in 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 the faces of other people. God is his attributes are very evident and I'm not saying you're going to avoid burnout because there are times, but you both have helpmates that you were fortunate to find mm-hmm. and they are going to help you, your wives. You, you are one with your wife and they will help you. Um, you may have some off time. They may have a down moment, but together you're stronger. And I see that in my life. My, my beautiful wife is, uh, is a pillar. And I thank God continually. So you're saying her. to surround yourself with, with others. There's the, the saying, we, we've used this before on the show, that you go by yourself, you can go faster. But you go with someone, you go further. Right. So you're, you're suggesting that we, we tie into our church family, into, into our families, and tie all that together. So when we do have those times of downtrodden, which they're going to happen. I mean, I'm not naive in that. I know it's going to happen. Discouragement is part of this world. It's an right. emotion we have to face. But then we have others that say, hey, let's go. And we've, we've all agreed on the same goal and the same standard uh, with the scripture. And we can hold each other accountable and strive for that ultimate final goal. Uh, and Paul calls it, calls it a, a race, an endurance race all the time in scripture. And it is. Um, it is something to avoid the burnout of the discouragement, but also to stay on that path no matter what. And don't let go of Jesus Christ because of something that happens uh, in this world because it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. <laughs> that's that's right. What, what are you looking at? Do you look at Jesus? Or do you look to men? Because men will disappoint you. I've seen it. You know, it's happened in our family to where men have disappointed to where it can distract from Jesus. I I like to take that lesson to heart in my life and try to keep focus on Christ. That's, you can't hit the target if you're not looking at it. Yep. <laughs> Aim small, miss small, right? That's right. Yep. Oh, but... Yeah, he he loves us, and you know he gave himself for us. And it's hard to fathom the love of Christ, but we have it, and it's going to keep you strong. And just don't lose focus, because like I said, Satan wants us to lose focus, and he'll throw everything at us. So, uh I remember one time you were telling me another story. Yeah. I just remember you uh, talking to me about my marriage. Uh, someone had 
experienced a really difficult time in their marriage and you were telling me uh that'll never happen to you mom and i was like get behind me satan (laughs) (laughs) because i don't look at it that way yeah i don't say that that's gonna happen to me as soon as i say that i've given satan a foothold in my life and i try to do everything that i can with god's strength to keep that from happening rely on myself but i don't take it for granted that you know that's not going to happen to me see as soon as we say never that's just a that's a foothold it is because then you you've stopped focusing and concentrating on that not happening and now Satan can slowly just wiggle that into your life as soon as you say never it's like oh that'll never happen I don't have to worry about that let me just put that over here out of my sight and then before you know it it's slid into your life yeah and you talk about the the burnout or the flame that burns brightly you know but you're gonna ebb and flow but every time you you take that that dip you learn I mean, God made us the way he made us. We have a capacity to learn. That's amazing. And just, we learn mm-hmm. if we want to. Sometimes we can harden our heart and say, oh, I don't want to learn that lesson. Not now. <laughs> I, mean, I got things going on. I don't need patience. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> but but we learn. God made us. His design is, is is amazing, and we are the way we are for a reason. Yeah, we're vessels for His love. You have any final thoughts? Uh see your Bible's open there. Yeah, I just uh, I have a this verse that. I remember talking to you about, but it it's in 1 Corinthians 16, and it's uh, verse 13. And I don't add to the scripture or take away from it, but I like to change this verse just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> for you, yeah. for my children, my boys, for Alec, my grandbabies. Be on alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like a man. And be strong. And let all that you do be done in love. Yeah, I break up when I say strong, but I mean, I'm overwhelmed. Because things that I couldn't handle, God stepped in. It gives me strength. Yeah. So amazingly that it's hard to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Dad. You're welcome. Love you, man. Love you.
appreciate you taking some time this morning to talk to us. Yeah. Put your put interesting. Your, put your <laughs> yeah. Put your story out there for you know anyone to listen to. And who knows? Yeah. Who who might help? Yeah. Uh thank you. You've been a real encouragement to to me. There's a lot of your story that I didn't know until today and it it's an, an encouragement to me to see God's hand uh in your life and knowing that he worked through your life, works through my life, works through my children's lives, works through all of our lives and we just have to have our eyes open cuz his invisible invisible attributes are are evident. Yes. Uh, we need to be looking and it's there. God's hand is there. Uh and we need to hold on to it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Amen. And thank you for your time showing us love. And for my entire life you've showed me love. <laughs> and I can never be I can never show you the gratitude I need to for that. And it's a gift that I don't even know how to put it in words. You are mine. And I guess we can throw God gave me a precious gift. Yeah. Tyler and you. And Tyler and Cameron in there too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just this time. Okay. <laughs> Precious gifts yep. and it continues. And I know no yeah, I got precious strong godly boys. I got three wonderful godly daughters. And I have last count seven beautiful precious grandbabies. And uh why it's birthday today? Yeah, and why it's nine years old? I told him you're entering your tenth year of life. <laughs> he wasn't sure I'd take because he's not double digits yet. But. Yeah, his brother is <laughs> holding that over him right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, God's love is uh, is evident. Yeah, evident. Right. Love you.